Today, we flipped the script, and I will be interviewing the woman with the sharp thoughts. Typically, when you listen to the podcast, The Sharp Thoughts, a podcast about strong women with their sharp thoughts and great inspirational stories, you'd hear your host, Diana Sharp, interviewing women about the aspects of their journey that will encourage and empower. However, today, Diana is in the hot seat. She's the one being interviewed, and I'm so honored to have her share about her process and purpose. Welcome, Diana, and thank you for doing this. I'm certain that your listeners will glean a lot today. Thank you so much, Tiffany. Um, it's new for me, um, and I'm so happy and excited to be doing this with you. And I think it's important for me to establish that when women come into a space to share, they want to do so in a space where they, they feel safe. Um, and, they, and they feel that they can trust the person who they relate to. I tried to create that for my guests and I'm happy that you have created that for me. So thank you for thinking of doing this for me and with me. Anytime. So here you are a woman of many hats. I follow you on Instagram and on Facebook. How did you know that you were meant for more? What character traits makes this possible for you. Talk a little bit to the individuals who desire more for themselves and feel that passion within them, but they're a bit unsure. That's a great um, question, Tiffany. And it's such a big one. I think for everybody, discovering that more or knowing that there's more inside of you, um, that inward pull comes from many different things. For some people, it's trauma um, or traumatic experiences. From some people, it's academic pursuits. For some people, it's things, values that were instilled in them. For me, I found that growing up, I was always considered to be that resourceful person. Everybody would come to me for everything. Um, I was also very solution-oriented and innovative. So I always had an answer for everything. Um, sometimes it wasn't always possible or feasible, but if you had a dream, I could help you dream it. Um, and I've always been a big possibility thinker. And so because I've always thought about more for myself and imagine more for myself, getting lost in books, getting lost in a different kind of world, that poor girl growing up in Kingston 3, I imagined a world outside of my space. I imagined possibilities outside of my circumstances. And so as I grew older, um, it became more evident that there were things inside of me that could help me to become more and to do more. What are some of the traits that I possess that I think has equipped me to do this? One of the big ones, Tiffany, it's resilience. Resilience. Um, for me, resilience is such a big thing. It's such a big thing. Um, so resilience is one. Dependability is another. Um, it's, it's a trait that helps us to effectively, I think, honor relationships. Um, create impact and really do the things that we say we're going to do. That's one way to really create more, to be dependable. Um, Self-confidence. Um, I, I don't know where I get this confidence from. And I think a big part of this self-confidence really is not self-confidence, but really comes from God. It comes from my faith. So I was raised in a Christian household. I was raised by a praying grandma. Um, and she always quoted scriptures over us. And she always told us that there was good inside of us, but we had to rest in God to find his good, right? Um, we had to be in his presence. 
um, to live for him, to trust him. And so I had a confidence in me. The world called itself confidence, but it was a confidence in the God who I knew, who I know would uphold me and, you know, keep me steady when ships and things get rocky. Um, so those are some of the traits um, that I think I possess. And finally, my commitment to self-improvement and the improvement of others. Um, your, the latter part of your question again. The latter part was, um, what would you say to women who desire to have more and to do that passion that's inside of them, but they're a bit unsure? I would say it starts with the process of self-discovery. Or let me even go back. Let me go back then to a process then or of self-acknowledgement. I think one of the things we first have to acknowledge about ourselves is how good we are in the sense that there's good inside of all of us. There's something inside of you that you can give to somebody else. I think that's where it first starts. Um, and we do find that, through, find that out through self-discovery. But one of the things that we wanna do is work on the identity piece. Um, who am I? What do I offer to the world? Um, and once we truly, truly discover that, um, then we can start giving it to other people. So that's one way I, I want to view it. And another way I want to view it is along those lines, I see people as pearls, right? Gems locked up in this hard crusted shell. And, and it requires work. It requires work to become self-aware, to chip away um, the outer layers, um, all your fears, all your doubts, all your emotions, the things that say you can't do it, your inability and to recognize that even inside of that, there's something beautiful. Um, and I just want women to walk in that, just to believe that and to walk in that. That's awesome, Diana. And I see that evident in all your posts and the lives that you do. I remember when you're doing lives for educators and how powerful that was. Uh, you talk about being resourceful and solution oriented. So you see the problem and you are coming up with the solution for it. And that's why you're so impactful to the women and others that you um, come in contact with. But you do so many things well, so many things. Uh, how do you know when to start a new product or offer a new service on top of what you already do? Thank you so much for asking that, Tiffany. One of the things I want to acknowledge is that I'm actually, and I have to be very honest and vulnerable, I depend on God a lot. And sometimes what some persons see as a finished product, I wouldn't say an overnight success because those who follow me have seen the growth and the improvements and the changes over the years. But I'm actually not a very fast mover. And it's not because I procrastinate, but it's because I do stay long in the research and consulting phase with God. I stay, I consult with God a lot. And one of the things I will do is I always seek God for his will. I have many, many amazing ideas, Tiffany. There are many things that I could be doing. In fact, one of the things that I think I'd love to be doing is like cleaning people's homes, right? And scrubbing between the tiles. And one, and what would be distinctive about my service is that I believe in using eco-friendly products. Um, but is that what God has called me to do? Is that the biggest thing I could be doing with the time that God has given me? We all have a finite time. We all have finite skills. And the truth is, I do not do, to the, to the onlooker, maybe look like I do a lot. 
and do many things well, but I do a few things well. I serve the kingdom of God well. I serve God's people well. And I really focus on the education and empowerment of women and the education and empowerment of youth because I believe it is so needed. So sometimes what somebody may see getting launched actually has taken me a year, two years, three years, four years, sometimes as much as 10 years. And what it is, is really prayerful thinking and planning. And I'm not saying anybody should take as long as me. And that's not my blueprint for clients. No, I help clients to clarify much sooner and get their products to market much quicker. But I'm just saying, and, and even for those clients, some of those dreams have been inside of their hearts for a long time. And they have built up the capacity through work hours. They've gotten the skills they need. And then the time comes to launch. But for me, I believe it, it does take me some time. Um, and I do it through prayerful planning. And how do I know when I'm ready to launch? I'm ready to launch when I see two indicators, when the market is ready and the audience is asking for it. And when I know I'm going to deliver value, there are many things that we could be doing. But I always say to my clients, I never get involved or I never touch it unless I'm going to add value to your life. I'm just one of those coaches that operate the highest level of integrity and at my best self. Um, and, and that requires for me to be full and for me to be knowledgeable and for me to be competent. So um, that's one way when I know it is time to launch, when I'm ready and the market is ready. That's fascinating. That is Thank really you. fascinating to me because uh, you, you started out by talking about cleaning homes and I was kind of um, taken aback and I'm thinking, oh my goodness. But you know what I got out of that yeah. is that you do have all these ideas and your listeners have these ideas too, but is that what you ought to be doing? And so by clearing up that seeking God first, yeah. um, I also want to mention that um, having a mentor yes. such as yourself and a coach, it helps to expedite the process it easier does. because, you know, it took you quite some time to get it started because you're consulting with God but then you mentioned that when you have your clients because you have the blueprint of what yes. works you have the right timing to present right. it to them and so using your service will help them pull their products out of them quicker. I remember last year when COVID hit, um, different persons were doing different things. And I was baking and cooking online. And many persons said, get involved, bake, sell food, cook, do this, do that. And I had to reflect. And I remember even earlier this year when I consulted with my coach. And I've been working with coaches for years. And one of the things my coaches have always said is niche down. Niche down. Find an area you can work with. You cannot do everything. You can't support all women. You can't support all career women. You can't support all youth. You have to find your market and do it well and become an expert in that field. And, I, and, and, and so I'm sharing with women because lots of women have different purposes. But for me, I had to go through a process of evaluating what was I really called to do at my highest self and at my highest level of functionality. Um, and I think, and it was serving women. It was serving women and serving students, yeah. So at what point did you realize that you were not going to be a typical nine to five type of lifestyle? Oh, I would say from ever since. I am the second of seven siblings. And so I was driven. I was pushed to do more for them and to become more for them. So even in Jamaica, I was always one of those weird and strange people who had two jobs. 
So people who overseas had two jobs. I always had two jobs in Jamaica. I was always doing resume writing and coaching, interview coaching and prep in Jamaica. I was always staying busy because I knew um, there was more to do. There was more to do. And still, I'm working towards my ID lifestyle where I curate my own day and I set up all of that. And that's my long-term goal, my long, long, long-term goal, where I decide what my day looks like, the people I meet with, the people I support, the people I coach, the people I consult with. But um, from a very early age, as early as university, I worked all the way through university, sent myself to school. I knew how important it was, not only to maintain a good nine to five, but also to create other incomes um, and to give back, to find time to give back and to pour into others. So that has been my experience. That is amazing. That That's a whole mouthful right there because you talked about um, how you maintain your clarity with all the things that you do so well. You talked about what the fact that you have never really been that nine to five person because you know what the the requirements are, yeah. and then you're always producing that and supporting other women as they go along. You know what your purpose is. It's very clear. But what about those women who don't fully know? Do you have any words of encouragement or advice Absolutely. to those women who do so much and know so much, but they aren't quite sure what their purpose is? The first thing I want to assure them that it's okay. I always start off my talks by celebrating the things that people are doing right. Oftentimes, we do not give ourselves enough credit for the things that we're doing well. Sometimes you are an admin right now and you're like, but I don't know what my purpose is and I'm just an admin. The flip side of a great admin is an awful admin and an office that is in disarray. We manage over 500 student files. And let me tell you something. An amazing admin makes an amazing difference. It brings such level of organization to, to our university. It brings such level of organization to our students' life. It helps them to have a great experience. So sometimes when somebody says, oh, I'm just an admin, you're not an admin. You are a true organizer sitting in an admin role. You are adept at keeping people on their toes. It's just an admin role. So an admin role is just what you do. So I like to celebrate people for what you're doing now. And I like to say there's so much value and worth to how you're contributing to life. And then to get to the purpose part, the purpose part is a piece that's bigger than you. So with your eight to five job, that's your job, that's your career. Um, and you don't have to be passionate about being an admin to do a great job at being an admin. It's just your job and you, you are diligent, you're disciplined, you're focused. To get to your purpose, it's a thing that wakes you up in the morning. It's a thing that keeps you going. It's a thing that's connected to something outside of you. My purpose is connected to God. It's connected to kingdom work. It's connected to helping feel people feel better about themselves, helping women to become empowered, inspired, their whole selves, to see themselves as made whole. Um, and so to, to help and to encourage women to get to that place, I say search for the thing that pulls at your heart. Search for the thing that really brings a smile to your face at the end of the day. Search for that thing that you could do easily without any prompting. Nobody has to prompt you, teach you, train. You could do it. You may not be performing it at the optimum, but you could do it well. And I say start just discovering that. If you feel an inkling to write, start writing. If you feel an inkling to bake, start baking and giving it away. If you feel an inkling to decorate cake, do that. 
maybe you take care of babies really well. Maybe you could become a nanny. Maybe you could become a child care service provider. It all depends on the things that tug at your heart. Um, those are some of the encouragement I have for women. Yeah. I am encouraged. Okay. I am encouraged. You said search for what pulls at your heart. And God is the one that put that desire in there. Even if it's something that you've never seen done in your family before, you've never seen done in your space before, that can be scary because now you're thinking this thing pulls at my heart, but I've never seen it done. So here is my question for you, that knowing the purpose and understanding what wakes you up in the morning, what keeps you going, but feeling afraid to venture out, feeling afraid to start. Personally, I struggle with anxiety. So it's hard for me to start. I, I know what that is. You talked about knowing what your day would look like, knowing what you're doing right. I know what I'm doing right, but I still have that amount of anxiety that I have to deal with. So I'm certain that some of your listeners might have that kind of concern too. And they're listening to your podcast week after week, these awesome women that you bring on, and then they'll be thinking, oh, that's for them. They can do that. I don't think I can do that. Talk a little bit about how to do this afraid, how to recognize that we're not unafraid. We do have those things that um, uh, tie us to that hitching post. We never move. What, what are some, how do you shop in the arenas and why? Right. That's an amazing question, Tiffany. And one of the things I want to acknowledge is that we all have fear and we all have anxiety and both are functional at the right levels. Um, because it reminds us, fear tells us that this could potentially be dangerous. But when you recognize it's not dangerous, then that's when the fear goes down and you can start functioning, right? Fear alerts us to the things around us. And it's the same thing with anxiety. Um, And these can be healthy triggers because it tells us that one, what you're doing is important. Two, you need to do some work to get this right. Um, to get maybe you need some research, maybe you need guidance, maybe you need a mentor. So oftentimes, a lot of us see our fear as red lights. We see the fear as saying stop, when the fear really is saying caution. The fire may be hot or the stove may be hot or it may burn you, but that's not to say you shouldn't cook, right? That's not to say you shouldn't cook. We have learned ways how to modify and you know, use stoves in a way where we don't get burned, right? And so for me, that's that's what doing it afraid means. If we were all supposed to say, well, fire is dangerous, I'm going to get burned, I won't cook any supper tonight, we wouldn't eat, right? So we have to now look at the things that we have to do and say, how can I best do them safely? And for me, and this is what I always encourage the women I coach, um, is your fear goes down and your anxiety decreases with the more knowledge you have about the thing. And sometimes you need somebody to walk alongside you. You need a mentor. Somebody who has done the same thing like you and can walk you through. You need a coach. Maybe your coach has not done it, but your coach has some expertise. Seek help um, and do it afraid. I have found that um, some of the places I show up um, and show up afraid is I show up as a friend, right? And for me, what that means is how do I combat fear and friendships or even meeting new people and starting new friendships is being open, being vulnerable. 
positioning myself as somebody people can trust, um, being loyal, being dependable in that friendship space. Um, so that's one of the ways I show up. Even when I'm fearful, I show up as a servant in church, recognizing that I'm not my own, I'm not responsible for myself, um, and that I'm here to serve. And so I do that in the sign language ministry. I do that as my Sunday school class secretary. And one of the things I'm really excited about and where God is leading us in the new year is that we're launching a volunteer education program where we're going to support our, our youth with their homework. So I'm leading that. And, and Tiffany, I am afraid. I'm afraid of sometimes just the planning. Um, you're afraid of the launch. You're afraid of sometimes the volume of the work. You're afraid of, will I be a success? But then when you step outside of yourself and you recognize it's not about me. And there's another phrase I always used to use that my friends sometimes laugh about is, I'll say it's not that serious. And it's <laughs> not that the thing is not important, but I believe that all things can be remedied and fixed. I always say it's not that serious. So I try not to put that added pressure on myself. I show up as an advisor. Now, when you have people come to you vulnerable, and, and looking for, to you for help and for, for solutions. We always say that we don't want people walking up and down like mini gods thinking they know everything. Fear allows you to question yourself and question your judgment. Am I doing the right thing? Am I making the right decision? And so I take that healthy sense of fear too to my situations. Like I don't know everything. Um, I am willing to learn. I am an active participant in this learning and sharing process. And I show up even with my, my, my tutors, some, my students. Sometimes you're afraid. You are afraid. Um, it's new relationships. Um, sometimes you're trying to meet new and challenging goals. And so I'll never, I'll never say to one, anybody that I'm never afraid or I'm never anxious. Those are real feelings that present themselves but we must develop a process to overcome it. And my process always is to educate, empower myself and to remind myself of my center. So I get the information I need, I encourage myself, get the tools I need to feel empowered and I just move forward. You said a whole lot and gave several strategies and each of those strategies will resonate will, with different kinds of women and their, their strengths. Yes, you know, yes. God has us um, akin to what works for us. So in all that you said, there is so much to glean. There's so much to gather. There's so much to try. Um, I never thought of the benefits of fear. Never. I never thought about it. I just think about this thing I need to overcome. And of course, I, um, I think about the fact that sometimes we have a thorn in our flesh that will not go away yes. we'll have to learn to live with it and we'll have to learn to depend on God while we're going through yes. but what you brought out just now was the benefit the benefit of fear you talked about it alerting us to danger yes. knowing that this might potentially not work and you're giving it your heart and your all and that hurts that's a little uncomfortable However, then it teaches us to depend on God. Um, you also talked about the fact that knowing that we're safe, thinking that we're afraid and then recognizing, well, you know what? This is a safe space. Yes. It's not that serious. It's like, wait, at the end of the day, the sun goes down and it will rise again. It's going to be fine. And so that really, really 
encouraged and blessed me. And it reminds me of a program that you had a few months ago. And I'd like you to talk a little more about it. Uh, It's Woman, You Are Strong. What made you embark on that entity of service to women? Awesome. It's a one-day event. I hope that will continue to grow. Um, Currently, we meet for three hours. And it is such a safe, therapeutic space that I try to create for women um, where they can just come into the space. We once held it um, in person and now it's virtual. But where did this come from? Where did the name even come from? Um, the short version is I was, I'm here living in Canada, left Jamaica as a sales and marketing manager, then operations manager. Um, and I, I would say I was fairly established. I own my own home, still do. And I had a car at the time and um, had great relationships with family. One of the things I always talked about was how much we used to go out and eat. Eating was a great treat for us, right? It's something that we invested in and I could do it freely with my family and with my friends. Um, and I could afford to do it. And so when I came to Canada, I came as a student and I was in the rebuilding phase. And then I worked in, um, I worked in one industry, which was very new to me that when I was in that interview and the person said, what's the bravest thing you've ever done? And I said, move to Canada, you know, really pick up my life and move to Canada. She's like, yup, true resilience. And I did that for some time. And after a while, I made the personal decision to resign. Um, in the following year, I was busy planning career change. I was writing out goals. I was interviewing. I was getting ready to relocate, change provinces. I was excited. I was full of life. I was full of hope. And I thought God was along with me. I thought this was the God's plan. And exactly the day that I picked for my resignation, that was the day I was laid off. Um, and so I was home for a period of about three and a half months. And I remember in the third month, um, and at this time, um, Tiffany, I had been doing resumes and interview coaching for a long time, more than 10 years. And a friend of mine had suggested from the first time I was late, that I had resigned in 2018, she had said to me, Diana, I think it's important that you build your own business. And when this second time happened, there was a day when I lost my employment benefits because I decided to go back to school and do a short course. Um, and once you didn't get approval for your training, your benefits were placed on hold, just so they could see that this was in alignment with your future growth and getting back reemployment. And I remember one day I sat down and I cried so hard. The day when I saw that news, I cried so hard. And it was also a period where I was recovering from a surgery. And so I would lie in bed each day and most days and I'd cry and be in pain. And I remember one day I really, really cried. And I, I think it was more like a wail one of those whales that pierce heaven and really bring God's attention to your situation. And he answered that day and he showed up and he said, woman, you are strong. He said, woman, you are strong. Everything you need inside of is inside of you. And it was like, honestly, I wouldn't tell you it was a loving touch on the shoulder. It wasn't a loving touch. It was more like a shout at me. It was like, get up. It was more one of those, take up your bed and walk. Build thou be made whole. It was one of those. It was like you're here crying and everything you need is inside of you to survive. 
You're here running low on funds, no funds in your bank account, but you're doing resumes for free. You're here with no money, but there are services you can offer to the public. And I know there's somebody listening right now where sometimes we feel like our emotional tank is on low, our intellectual tank is on low, but your gifts are your gifts. They don't deplete. They're there. You just have to tap into them. Our emotions run low. Our energy run low, but your gift is always there. And I think that's what God wanted me to know. And so when he planted that, he planted that as a vision. He planted that as a philosophy, something that I could live with. And right away, I knew. The minute I got up, I knew. So I called one of my coaches and I shared with her that God had just deposited this inside of me. And then he began giving me themes. He was like, circle strong. Who is in your circle? Who are you leaning on? And then he was like, financially strong. How are you going to support yourself? And then he was like, mentally strong. What are you feeding your mind? How do you feel about yourself? What are you, your thoughts? How are you guarding your thoughts and protecting your thoughts with the word? Um, and so I called my coach immediately and I said to her, I'm going to turn this into an event because what God has given to me, I want to give to others. So the event was just a conduit. It was just a medium. If I could have gone on the radio, I'd have gone on the radio. If I could have created an internet radio show, I would have, which is what I tried to do. And I searched out and which is why I learned about podcasts later on. Um, so the real, the thing was what I know there are women out there struggling. I know there are women out there who are depressed. I know there are women who are out there who are healing from surgery. My healing was long. I know there are women out there who are overweight and want to become healthier. Women who become unemployed through circumstances, none of their own. Women who are in shifting families and God is saying, I understand, I care, I have compassion for you. I have provided for you these days, these months, these years, but there is more inside of you. Everything you need is inside of you. And even while you're weak, he is saying, the you that I can see down the road, you are strong. So you may not feel like it today, but I affirm that you are strong. And so when I created the event, it wasn't about self. It wasn't about profit. It was about purpose and ministry. And I just wanted to say that to somebody else. I wanted to pour it back out. I wanted to echo it. I wanted to shout it from the rooftop. I wanted somebody else to believe it. And so that was why I created the event. My word. I am speechless. Literally speechless. You, you talk about it not being for self or for profit, but it's like a ministry, a ministry it of support. Is. And you didn't even wait to be made perfect in those areas. You didn't even wait to be walking strong and whole in those areas. You didn't even wait to see how it feels for the whole year walking in that, but you are ready to pull other women along. That is amazing. I mean, not only did you talk about how woman you are strong came up. And when I think of that phrase, I was thinking a little pat on the shoulder. Hey, you're strong. <laughs> no, no, no. You made it plain that it was like a shovel. Look here, Diana, woman, you're strong. It yes. was a completely different thing from what I was thinking. Um, you talked about why you ended up coaching women and writing resumes and doing things that they needed. Uh, I'm telling you, it, you even talked about the podcast and how that's how you came up with the idea of a podcast. Because I had that as a question for you too. How did you move progressively from one step to the other? But you've, you've said it all, all encompassing in that section. And you've been interviewing some pretty amazing yes. women. 
I suspect you call women out who you know will be of benefit to yes. your hearers, the hearers of this word. And so they'll become doers also. So my next question for you is, what's the plan, Diana? Let us in. What is your plan for the podcast next year? Um, one of the words that my pastor always uses is intentional. I want to be even more intentional. This year, I have interviewed high quality women. It's always hard when you get a, a, like an amazing guest. You're like, how do I top that? How do I go beyond that? But how I look at each episode is everybody brings something so valuable to the table. And so when I approach a woman and, and our young lady and she says, but I'm only just an author. I'm like, girl, just an author? You're an author with a story that's gonna pull somebody out of some of what they're going through. And so next year, it's not going to be simply more of the same. What we're going to do is what I'm working on is segmenting the show. It was one of the plans I had written down as a goal. It was one of my, one of the things I intended to do was to create series and to create themes. Um, that way it's a very focused and intentional podcast. And so when we offer a series, guests know what is coming. Um, they can look forward to it and the, the episodes build on each other. Right now, at the end of the year, when I looked at some of the episodes, there were so many linkages. And if I could rearrange them, this episode would fit on top of this episode. But we don't get that opportunity when we record and release. So that's one of the things I want to do. I want to be intentional about the recording. I also recognize the need to have more impact even while we do less. It's a season of creating greater impact, but not encouraging burnout for self and for others. It draws on our guest time. It draws on my own time. And so I want to be intentional. And so one of the things I'm thinking of doing is I'd like to record and release episodes twice per month. I'd like to go with themes. I'm really aiming for shorter episodes. I really want to tailor my episodes 30 to 45 minutes a person can really get impact. And I'm going to continue with the same high quality um, guests that I've always had. And then we're going to make some strategic goals. We want to walk away with something. That was one of my, that was one of the things I had written down in my goal book. That's one of the things I had crafted for the podcast. I want people to walk away with, with those three nuggets and those at least one action item. So as I engage my guests, that's one of the things I want to share with people. Let's help people to do one real thing. I always tell people when I, when I host my, my event is we don't just want people to feel good. We want people to live good. And one way they live well is through giving them strategies and processes. We can't keep it to ourselves. Recently, I've been sharing with people about ways to be, be media ready. I just find that a lot of people set up businesses, but they're not ready and they're not ready to engage with the media. And so I do find that when lots of my speakers come, many leave gems and a few do leave action of a task. But that's one of the things I really want us to gear towards next year, to be intentional, to be focused, to be action oriented. Give those one or two books or those one or two strategies that will really change people's life. So a shorter, a shorter podcast series and themes to keep us really focused on what we're delivering, goals in mind, and to leave or get our audience with one thing that they can really implement going forward. Thank you so much, Diana. I know 
that your listeners are excited about what's about to come and you've let us in you've given us a sneak peek yes. that it will be segmented focused on series and themes i need to share that I, i'm new to this whole um space of podcasting i'm like this is what is this um and as a phd candidate i found a a podcast that's just for us yes. and i found that there were tips in each one of them that i could apply on my journey yes. so i do i'm excited about your um, next year where it's going and the series and the the focus that you're going to have for the women who latch on and they'll have a, a series of actionable things that they can yes. do because they'll you'll be presenting things by themes and series so thank you for sharing your goals and your plans with us and letting us know because for me i love to journal and you talked about writing those goals down so that really made me smile how about personal goals i know i might be inching a little bit <laughs> into a space here that not a lot of people talk about or want to share but would you mind sharing with us well do you have any personal goals i do i do i have different personal goals in different areas i love goals i love goal setting um one of the priority goals for me tiffany is wellness i take this goal so seriously that this morning i woke up as intentional i prayed i said i'm going to wait a few more hours to break my fast i looked around at the house what i had i had a cinnamon bun from last night from church I had a lace ketchup potato chips. <laughs> These are all great snacks, but we have to de determine when are we going to have them. Um and then I had smoothies and you know eggs and different things that I could prepare and I was intentional. I was intentional about starting my day right. Um and so I started with my fruits and I had a smoothie and then as the day progressed I added other things that I know my body could manage. So what that's one of the things. A lot of times we call it weight loss for me it's not just weight loss because i'm going to be honest with you i have been very happy at 200 pounds i have been very agile and flexible and productive at 200 pounds i want to be well and i mean this i want to be mentally well i want to be financially well it does include my weight and so even now i the truth is i haven't dieted in a long time and i'm losing weight and one of the things one of the secret ingredients to that is that i'm sleeping more So if I could encourage somebody out there who's listening, one of the things we really need to do, do for ourselves, especially as women, I talk to moms and wives and people who tell me straight up, I can't put myself first. And the science is, if you did put yourself first, you would have two times the energy, two times the innovation, two times the productivity for everybody else. It's not the reverse. If you, because right now what we do is put others first and you give and the the mother the, the wife comes number 7 and she's left tired and she thinks she's doing a great job of the mothering and the wife but she's still losing her cool right and she still is impatient and she's still irritable and you are only those things simply because you put yourself at number 7 if you got more rest if you ate well if you worked or if you had your quiet time for devotion you are just more at peace that's the same with all of us none of us are perfect i consider myself to be a patient person i consider myself to be loving 
but I lose a little bit about my patience when I'm hungry, when I'm tired, when I'm extremely fatigued. Like I want persons to get to the point quicker. I wish they could like make whatever they're saying more clearer because that my brain just can't work through all of the fog. And so I recognize that when I take care of myself, I'm at my best self. So wellness is at the top of my list. And so I'm just going to call it wellness. And there are some little small goals under it. And they're actionable tasks. Sleeping is one. Eating well is another. Going to the gym is another. Praying, quiet time, meditation, music, they all fall under my wellness plan. Um, we don't get a chance to determine when and if we get married. Uh, we can be intentional about dating. We can be intentional about meeting the right people. Um, so that's not a goal of mine. It's a prayer of mine um, to have a family. And so I'd love for that to happen. Um, a goal that's within my control is home ownership. I think that's something that's important to me, something that I'm working towards and I want to encourage somebody um, that your life doesn't have to be perfect. And I like what you said. I got that vision from God in June. My event was held in October. I was not perfect. I wasn't fully whole. I was still in my process of physical healing from surgery. I had just gotten a new job. I didn't have... Lots of cash stacked up, but I believed in my vision and I did it anyway. I flew in my speaker, paid her, did all of that, catered food for the audience person, said I could have scaled back, not given such an exceptional experience. I wanted to give people an exceptional experience from the minute they walk into when they left. Um, so you can really make your goals a priority and yourself a priority if you become truly, truly intentional. And if you believe in the things you say you want to do for yourself. So I think wellness is, a, is an important goal for me, home ownership. A lot of us want to keep these goals to ourselves, and home ownership is one of those goals I want to keep to myself because of the privacy of it. But I think it's important that we're authentic with people and that you know we all have desires and goals. And while you pursue it, don't beat up yourself. Find mentors and find people with the right information. Um, one of the things I've been doing is sharing this goal with others and saying, get on board here is the right information you need, or this is how you could get started to on this journey for you. So I find that as we learn, you know, we teach and we help others. And these goals sometimes are not for ourselves. By having this goal and this dream and this aspiration I share with somebody else, that person gets herself actualized to and achieve that. So um, sometimes it benefits us when we do share because then we can help somebody along the way. Thank you so much. This is truly transformational. When you open up and let us know the process and how you navigate this, this space and the things that God has laid on your heart. I am truly, truly honored that I was a part of this flipping of the script. Thank you so much. And for those of us joining at D Sharp Thoughts, you heard D Sharp herself, Diana Sharp talking about where this energy and this power comes from and that she relies on God. Yes. He sustains, he holds her, he directs her and then she listens. I was fascinated by that, Diana. Do you have any last words? Yeah, um, and Tiffany, you said it. So, and earlier you also said another thing that I hold on to. One of the, one of, two of the scriptures that I hold on to is Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other things because God is aware that we have needs. So God knows we're going to have plans, but he says, seek him first and everything else will be added on to us. So that's one of, that's one of the ways I rest in him 
to recognize that if I seek his will, um, then everything else will be taken care of. And another scripture that I rest in is Jeremiah 29, 11, that all of his plans for me are good. Everything that he thinks towards me is good and that I have a hope and a future in Christ. Um, and, and that settles it. That settles my doubts. That settles my fears. Um, and in third scripture, I know I said two, but the other one is that his grace is sufficient to keep us, all of us. Um, you spoke to it earlier when you talked about the thorn in our, in our side. Sometimes it's a thorn. Sometimes it's an affliction. Sometimes it's a lack of an ability. Like me, I'm not very tech savvy, but his grace is sufficient to keep us. So he still allow me to complete the things that I need to complete on my website. For somebody else, it could be something else. Whatever your thing is, um, God is able to keep you in all things and through all things. Um, and I think if we rest in that, then we will have peace and we can, and once you're in peace, then you can sort of move and do the things that you want to do in purpose, right? So that's my encouragement. Um, seek ye first the kingdom of God. God's plan for you are good and he's able to keep you in all things. His grace is indeed sufficient for you. Thank you. Thank you, Diana Sharp. Thank you. You are truly a blessing to the kingdom of God. I am honored that I was able to experience a flipping of the script here on D Sharp Thoughts. Thank you for opening up the opportunity for us to hear from you. We are blessed by this inspirational time as you support, encourage, and empower women. Thank you for letting us in. Thank you so much, Tiffany, for doing that. Thank you for being such a gracious host and making me feel comfortable. Thank you. My pleasure and my purpose. Thank you.